Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi. <laughs> this is Apocalypse Now. This is Team Zombie. I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. I'm Mindy. Curtis. And we are back again to talk about the fifth episode. God, fifth episode already of Fear the Walking Dead. I think it's episode number five. It's, yeah, well, it's so hard yeah. to count because we, we, the, the first night was episode two. one and two. <clears throat> so I believe this is episode five. In any event, four weeks. We have been watching this show with this sense of dread hanging over us because as those of you who have listened before know Dustin and, about, and I have had a hate-hate relationship with this right, show. Right, because it's been awful and people have made terrible decisions and terrible characters and everything has been terrible and awful and then this season has been really good. Yeah, so far. And with the exception of one scene and one character Tonight was not what I was afraid it was going to be, which was going to be the, and now it all goes to hell. A return to form for the classic (laughs) series. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise known as, God, why is this so terrible? Why is this happening? Why? We're not getting paid for this. Why are we watching this? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's fun. I think it's fun for us to talk about how terrible something is. I like talking. About terrible. We're good at hate watching. Yeah. We were good at hate watching when we were writing the reviews. <laughs> we're better at hate watching when we're talking about yeah. the reviews. So let's start with the crap, crap fest that was Strand and Daniel. So my theory. Who? I, I have a theory. Which, which ones are they? That this is this is Strand's <laughs> evil twin. Because I I don't recognize this character right. from the first two seasons. The first two seasons, Strand was one of the few characters worth watching on this show. Right. Very cool and collected and manipulative. You know who Strand reminds me of? Hmm. On uh, um, that uh, that Mitchell and Webb look. <laughs> no, no, it's the Mitchell and Webb show, Peep Show. Uh-huh. There's a boss character who's constantly banging one of their girlfriends. I thought, for a long time, I thought that was the same actor, but it's not. I know. I hope that doesn't make us racist. No, it doesn't, because okay. I seriously had to Google it, because they have a very similar voice. And yeah, that, that's, it's, it's their cadence. Yeah. And I think I think that what was tripping, well, it was tripping me up anyway, was that this was, a, this was a British actor on Peep Show playing an American character. Right. And, and on this show, it is a British actor playing an American character. Or no, uh, no. This is an American actor playing a very effect. He sounds like he's making an affected British American. Uh, he, do, he does. He sounds like he's like he went to a finishing school in right. the thirties, which I think is all part of Strand's whole persona that he's been playing for so long. It's all just him. Right. So the previous seasons, Strand had a plan. He had a goal. He was manipulative as all hell, but that goal was to get to his husband. Everything. Saving every anybody's life was all about putting the right people around him to keep him alive. It was all about, I need to get to this point, and these people can either be the shield around me, they die first, 
or they happen to be somebody who I can use, or they have a skill set that I need. Right. Uh, that would be. Useful they have a super sweet car, or they have. Yeah, look, yeah. We'll get to the car in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the car. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, and and I think I think it's okay to a point that Strand was unmoored by the fact that. Um, oh God, what was his name? It was the name of the boat. It was the name of the boat, and I still can't remember. Dougray Scott was the actor. Right. That he was on the verge of death when he arrived. Mm -hmm. So all Strand's, like, point to get to this certain place is now eliminated. Now he's back to just into survival mode. But apparently somewhere along the way, his ability to think ahead in any conceivable way has slipped out the window. Because he is making, ever since he's come back to the show, he's been making one damn terrible decision after another. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, from a purely objective, good idea, bad idea standpoint, he's gone, huh, I've got the good idea, and I've got the bad idea. Let's go with the bad idea. Right. Again and again and again since the season started, which is so odd. Right, it feels odd, it feels like odd choices for this character. But anyway, so he convinces Daniel to leave the, the, uh, the, the dam and go look for Ophelia back at the hotel. Why? I think that's the other way around, because Daniel was basically saying, oh. he, was, he was saying, you know, we need to stay because people are going to, like, now that Lola's in charge, people are going to come and try and try take, take the water. Over. And he's like, Daniel's like, no, she's going to be fine. Everybody loves her. We got to take care of it. I got to go find my daughter. Right. And you said she was at the hotel, right? You said it. She's at the hotel. This would be the <laughs> other, the first dumb decision we get. And here's from, the, it, well, no. The first dumb decision we get from Strand and Daniel. Strand had made several dumb decisions before that. My favorite part of that whole thing leading up to is obviously Daniel knows that Strand is lying because he gives him like six or seven times. He's like, you said she was at the hotel. I was like, well, she she was last time I checked. Well, I can just ask Madison and Alicia where they went. Well, you know, they might not be there either. I don't know. And Daniel just looked at him like, keep digging. Go on. <laughs> Would you like another shovel? Because that one looks like you might have worn it down. Here, have a fresh one. And <laughs> See, Daniel's super good about getting people to talk about things. He's a... He's a people person. Mm -hmm. If by people person you mean he knows how to take them apart. No, but I also think that was probably <laughs> part of his training, too. Yeah, well, the whole taking... Let them talk. Yeah. Let them, Let them dig their own graves. That's right. Um, and we, as we were watching, I there was a commercial <laughs> break, and I said, show pans, who thinks when they get back to the hotel, the gates are going to be down, and the place is going to be completely overrun by walkers. And when we got there... The gates were down, and the place was completely overrun. We had a couple good calls tonight with this episode. <clears throat> well, That's just one of them. <laughs> there's, there's two problems here. First of all, it was an obvious and easy avenue for the writers to take. That's the first problem. The other problem is that the writers have been known to take the easy and obvious avenue way too often with this show. Um, it's like late night college paper writing quickly just finish it off <laughs> yeah. leave it a bed well but it also <laughs> it also reinforces something that we've seen with this show and the parent show the regular The Walking Dead which is there is no place that 
should be defensible that can be defended. There is no place where rational, logical people could look at this place and go, we can make this work that will survive more than half a season. Right. Before this show burns because it to the we ground. Have to, we, have to, we have to travel on. We have to move on to the next thing. We have to lex the fuck out of some other colony. <laughs> <laughs> Happily Ever After isn't an option in, in well, any of these series. But they get to the hotel and it's completely destroyed. Because... And we will reasons. never know what the story is. We will never know. There well, will never I, can, be a... I, I think I can piece together what it was. They were doing it wrong from the very beginning in the first place because people were coming to the gate and knocking on the gate and went, please let us in and shaking the gate. And they were saying, they said it more than one time, hey, you guys, if you knock down the gate, we're all going to be in trouble. And I'm more, I guarantee you that, that one of the seven walkers that's in Tijuana showed up at the gate and uh, and and the people freaked out and they knocked down the gate and the walkers all got in and ate everybody. I bet this will happen. Well, the dead like four star amenities too. Sure. At this point, I will point out that we established last season yeah, that you could in fact walk around uh, the to the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And get to the hotel from the beach. We we established this pretty clearly last time. Yeah, they go uphill. So you know. Okay, whatever. But yeah, so they drift downhill. But if they want to, they can go up. Dumb people did dumb things, and they died terribly. Uh, they and pull up in strands. Uh, oh, let's talk about the car for a second. The dumb, dumb car. We have to talk about the car. We do have to talk about the car, okay, just briefly, because Strand, of course, took this. Sh- you know, he was given the car by the dead mom or the soon-to-be-dead mom, and so he took the fancy car, and now he thinks the fancy car is worth something. So on their way to the hotel, they come to this group of like, oh, I don't know, three zombies. Four. And they're like in the road. And Daniel's like, so drive through them. And Strand's like, well, I don't want to hurt the car. And Daniel looks at him like, you're the (laughs) biggest moron I have ever met. And Strand's like, fine. And we see later. He broke a headlight. Oh yeah. Oh no. So because the sports cars matter so much in the in the world of The Walking Dead, but whatever. Anyway, they get to the hotel. Nice Everybody's things. Dead. Nice things make you feel better. <laughs> nice things. So they go and and Daniel holds the gun, like rings the bell, and the walkers are coming in, and he holds the gun on Strand until Strand basically finally tells him the truth, that Ophelia left when they first got to the hotel. She stole the truck and she left, and that's the last he's seen of her. And Daniel's like, all right, well, have fun getting out of this situation. Please, as I ask, back at the hotel, which, you know. All things Strand could have completely avoided by looking at him and going, I don't know where she is. She left. All he had to do was tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> he's From fighting, the beginning. He's fighting off all those, all those zombies, walkers in this show. He's fighting off all those guys, and he's going... I have an issue with being honest and upfront about things. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drive away. Yeah. So Daniel leaves him, and and Strand is now trapped at the hotel with all the walkers, and he and he runs away. And I I just hope we never see him again at this point. He's been it, it's been such terrible writing for a character who really shouldn't be acting this way. The only the only way this this works is if we actually get a scene where he basically says, "I'm in the middle of a breakdown because my husband died." Yeah. Enough just... about them two weirdos. Let's talk about the other really awkward couple now. <laughs> Which one? Otto and, and uh, 
Otto <laughs> and Nick. <laughs> the new the new love story is between Otto and Nick. So get your visual around a man who looks an old man who looks like he's melted, and a young man who looks like he needs to be dipped in some sort of acid to clean all the gunk off him. Because a light corrosive, not <laughs> a heavy corrosive. Just a little dish soap, mix it with a little bit of sugar. This works. I'm It'll thinking like a really, really serious brush, though. You're gonna have to scrub him yeah. hard. Maybe yeah. steal. Well, them. you know, if you put water and fabric softener in a spray brush and you spray it on doll hair, it comes back to its normal sheen and luster. So that also is something we are gonna Might have to do. Might be helpful for his hair. Jeez, I'm that's, oh, Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> that, that's a running joke with Nick. He has not what been saying. I don't know if it's the actor or the people running the show or whatever. But what is that actor? What is Skeet Ulrich? Is that his name? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kid who played Tom Riddle in the Harry Potter movies. It so was? We, we yeah. Little, we little Tom Riddle? Yeah. We little Tom Riddle. Well, why does he want, insist on looking like Johnny Depp and River Phoenix had a... Well, because he's a, a long time ago, he's a drug addict. <laughs> and now he's just kind of used to looking like that. You, well, we remember we talked about how he wore for a full season the same, like, until, I think until it rotted off of him, an old man's clothes that he stole from, like, a nursing home or something. He's meant to be filthy. That is just, Nick's default is... A, he's Pigpen. You know, yeah, I was about to, that was an example I was about to use. Do you remember, do you remember when Peanuts went to space? Uh, there was a TV special where they went up to, to the space station, and there was a, they showed the how the how the space station shower worked, and it was basically a water vacuum where it sprayed water out on you and it vacuumed it up all at the same time. And Pigpen was the one who demonstrated it. And then, as soon as he finished washing, all the dirt and the whole ship just glommed onto him. Uh, it's a true fact, a true thing that I saw when I was a child. Anyway, yeah. so uh, personally, I'm deeply moved. An old couple dies at the very, very beginning of the episode. Well, the old lady dies. Luckily, she had got her teeth in when she dies. <laughs> so she noms him. So <laughs> she goes to kill oh, her husband. Oh, 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 and oh, she oh, noms him. And initially, it looks like he's just waiting. He's accepting that she's going to kill him. You know, he's like, oh, honey. And he opens up her arms, and she steps in. And then you see... The, the glass with the dentures in it. I'm sorry. It's I just sent her further south, man. And it was. Oh. Hey, don't judge. You don't know what I'm into. <laughs> oh. Well, we did talk about. The oh. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, so anyway, um, so they dance like they dance. This is the couple that danced last episode, last Nick episode, and uh, that he saw was. Filled with hope. Of course, they had to die this episode, and then he well, as he's dancing. This show is all about crushing hope. Yeah, hopes and dreams must die. He he puts a gun against his own head and angles it in a way to where when he pulls the trigger, the bullet goes through his brain and goes into her brain, and then they're both dead and they fall into the bed, but they knock over the lamp and it sets the whole place ablaze, which draws everyone out mm -hmm. into the field to watch it ablaze. And of course, the stupid Otto's stupid sons. Uh, try and put it out with like buckets. <laughs> like, you know, nobody was trained. I'm fully convinced now, after this episode, that none of these people did real, true survival training because when Otto gets up there, he's like, let the thing burn. It's got to burn itself out. We can't put it out with buckets. 
they're dead. Let's just let it burn out. Yeah, the actual the actual building itself is not flammable. The yeah. wood, the, the the roof is flammable. The doors are flammable. The, the furniture and the people inside, but the actual building itself. <laughs> I like how you put that in. <laughs> Well, it's important sorry. later. The, the, <laughs> the people inside are important later, and the uh, and the the well, actually, there's a couple of times where you know the smell of of long pig uh, is going to play into uh, this particular episode. But it's barbecue. It's an emotional, powerful scene in in some ways, and it also is a little bit silly. I mean, there's we we <laughs> laughed at the denture bit, but it's also kind of sweet and sad. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was sweet and sad, but I think we were meant to laugh. You just can't look at dentures and not go. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. It, it was definitely more moving than the old couple that died on the Titanic that they showed in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. Because the Titanic was an awful, awful movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't an awful movie. The Titanic got, was a terrible we movie. We just got super sick of it really fast. Oh, it's still, it's not great. If you go back and watch it. <laughs> It's not great. So anyway. Scientifically developed to please the middle-aged lady crowd. Well, it is Cameron. Yeah. He is a, you know. He's a middle-aged lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, meanwhile, Lucy is all like, all right, I'm healed. We need to get up out of this place. These people are crazy and I think probably racist and I do not like it here. And can I point out I'm the only brown person in this <laughs> entire settlement. These we, people are turns out that's not such a big deal. These it? people have been well, out in the sun in this on this ranch and they are all pasty white skinned. Have you noticed this? <laughs> so so Nick knows that his mother and sister don't want to leave. And so he's trying to convince Lucy to stay. And so his big plan is, well, now that that old ki- couple burned to death in here, I can clean this place up and get a new roof, and we can live here. It's kind of far. It's a little ways from all the other racists, so maybe Lucy will want to stay here. And so he gets a dry scrub brush, and he goes out to try and clean the place off all by himself with, with one dry scrub brush. And Otto shows up, and he's like, I can help you do this. I know you're seeking a father figure because... You've been emotionally stunted by a domineering mother. And Come here and sit on my lap, son. i got a story to tell you. <laughs> it's <laughs> about my junk. You like gladiator movies? <laughs> <laughs> because, sadly, Nick is looking for a father figure. But the thing is, is that any real, any real father figure he could possibly have isn't going to work. His own father, Travis, it doesn't matter. These, are the, these were real people who were, the, who were there. He needs somebody, well, and again, it doesn't have to be a real father either. It can be a mother. It can be a wo- man or a woman. That's not the point. Just someone he can call God. Basically, because yeah. he's looking, you know, because that's why he falls in all these cult people. Every time, you know, he has not met a fanatic. He has not sat there and went, <laughs> teach me your ways. Then he has the audacity to ask him, you know, if he's figured out who he is yet. That's the whole point of him. He's never gonna. Well, and then he's yeah. trying to get everybody else to figure him out. Well, not only that, but he never. He the only reason that he is clean at this second is because there's nobody selling anything. There's no drugs. There's no drugs for him to take. He didn't go through any kind of recovery. The apocalypse happened, and he just can't get high. Oh yeah, he's major. He's he's an he's an addict. No matter what he does, he's traded the being addicted to drugs to being addicted to uh, mas- messiah worship. 
mm-hmm. and he's looking for someone to save him. The problem is, is that everyone he keeps coming across, who isn't, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not putting that that desire to have a leader on anyone who is going to be a good choice to be a leader. Right. He's putting it on the person, the strongest, whoever is apparently the strongest personality around them. And if nothing else, this show teaches you, whether it's this show or the regular Walking Dead, is that anyone who is in charge, who is not Rick, is ultimately going to be a psychopath. And and elite and, and Madison is too close. He can't trust her because she's failed him. And even though she is a strong personality, she is not somebody who can who can guide him because her guidance failed him. Right. So anyway, he takes Lucy to the burned out place. It still smells like smoke and dead body. Because the fire literally was the night before. Yeah. Okay. You cannot, by the way, just a little segue here. You cannot actually clean out a fire gutted building in a day with a couple of scrub brushes. Dry scrub brushes. This is not a thing that actually can be done. And no matter what they did, this place still smells like (laughs) cooked people. Bye, thank you. It's like, here, honey, step inside the death house. (laughs) (laughs) And the way he told when he starts talking about wanting to move in there, the look on her face is just like, I've made it. I can't believe your dick has been in me. <laughs> like, I made, okay, okay. Have you seen that 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 Starburst commercial where it's the two cater waiters? The ones where they put their dicks in things. <laughs> no, no, no. This no. The Starburst this is these two cater waiters, a man and a woman, and they're mm-hmm. like setting up for a banquet, and they're eating Starburst, and the girl goes, "How did they get these so juicy?" And the boy goes, "Oh, they have." these wicked small fighter jets that shoot the juiciness into them and then it shows like the little tiny fighter jet <laughs> shooting the juicy and then it gets eaten by a dog and and he's like all choked up then it flashes back to him and he's all choked up and he goes it takes guts and then it cuts to her face and she's just like the look on her face is the same look that Lucy has in the scene and it is the <laughs> I cannot believe that we have had sex <laughs> it is that look like you know, it's not a god. My 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 coworker is a moron. It is my your your organ has been inside of my cavity, and I'm regretting it with every fiber of my being. And that is the look that Lucy has on her face. She's like, "You were you were in me. You were in a lot of parts of me, because you know Nick is freaky. Yeah, because she don't care if she lives or dies. She's given everything up. Yeah, and all of her seventeen year old bits." No, she's older. She's probably 22, 32, something like that. This episode actually made us look back at what everybody's ages again. Yeah. Because we were unsure where Alicia, what Alicia's age was. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking she was older than she yeah, was. No, we didn't look up Lucy's. And Nick is 19, 19. years old. Let's see what... Let's, so, let's have a look. this does help explain all 19-year-olds are idiots. Absolutely. All 19-year-old men exception. are incredible idiots. I was there. <laughs> but so yeah she looks at she looks at him and goes you know what I'm gonna have to go yeah and he wakes early up early 20s morning, it says early 20s wakes up in the morning and she's left him a note saying yeah so house smells like death see ya bye <laughs> that's not what it said well I don't think so we don't actually see what it said no, we don't. But then, but then Otto steps by, it stops by because, you know, 
Otto. Mm-hmm. Because he looks at he looks at Nick and says, "Well, I've already screwed up two kids. Let's see if I can screw up another one." So okay, so that was basically Nick and Otto. At the end of the episode, Lucy's looking. She's walking down the fence, trying to find a way out. Despite the fact that I'm pretty sure she could just walk up to the gate and go, "I'm leaving," and they'd be like, "Oh, out, brown person, out." We didn't want you here anyway because you're brown. Yeah, we're all. We're all racist without saying we're, we're racist. And, and well, Nick actually looks at Otto and goes, is it because she's brown? Because he says, you know, she needs to decide if she wants to stay. And she can go. And he's like, is she because she's brown? And he's like, no? What kind of question is that? A little later, thought. little later, little doofus, he says, he says this whole, like, spiel for Alicia about, like, oh, the brown, the Indians, and the Mexicans are going to try to take our world, 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 Which is the lesson his father taught. So... We're still, yeah, we'll, we can talk about that. Do you want to just talk about that now? Because yeah. This is good at all, though. <coughs> Alicia, who's a 17-year-old girl, is feeling soups depressed because, right. like, the apocalypse. Right. And so instead of cutting herself, she decides to have sex with the prettiest man around. That's what I would do. So apparently, over the last several days, her plan for dealing with the world has been to go get high with the other teenagers. Who apparently yesterday, been, right? I guess. Okay. So these, which has apparently happened so often that no matter what they do, they're all fine the next day, and which tells you just how screwed up these kids are, yeah. considering like, how much they're putting away. Good stuff. Yes. <laughs> so she's hungover, bad, and she goes for coffee and she freaks out when, uh, what's his name? I'm not sure. Jake. Jake. When you know when when. She runs into Jake and freaks out and drops her coffee and he gives to her as a uni this clearly better than I, more than I do. And she goes and knocks on his doors and says, I'm tormented and teenage and I have right. a vagina. And he's like, well, okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> and so then when they're done, he's like feeling all like, let's talk about poetry and art. And she's like, I'm going to just take my flannel and go. Thank you. Well, have you guys I, ever I done that? She was just like, oh, you feel this and now it's just like bullshit. Have you guys ever done that? Like, either <laughs> had had someone have sex with your sadness, or had sex with someone else's sadness? You're doing it because you want to feel something, but it's not. It's not like it's not like a malicious thing. Right. It's just. Going you, the it's still pretty good. Is my point. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the old line: sex is like pizza, even when it's bad, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't uh, think that's a hundred. At least I remember. There are some scenarios. It's been a while, so this is like vague memories talking. Here, right. <laughs> that's sex is what happens with another person, right? There's two people generally. It's when have, have generally it's a private thing between you and the person you're doing it to. Okay. Well. I, I just call it orgasms in the same room. With it's been room. long enough that I don't remember who gets tied up. Okay, so this show had some sex in it. So now we've, we're all we're all a little. Anyway, good thing I didn't bring the liquor tonight. Yeah, and that's the sad thing, folks. We're sober. No, I didn't come here sober. Oh well, okay. okay. Never mind. I'm getting there. Anyway, so. So, so he's trying to talk about poetry and and, and art, and she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and we, Tim and I, like, she hasn't looked longingly at the tattoo that her her dead boyfriend gave her in, like, two seasons. We don't even know if she's still got it. They, the writers might have forgotten that he put a tattoo, <laughs> a giant heart tattoo on her forearm. I don't, yeah, I can't remember the last time we've seen it. So, 
Well. So she leaves, and then he comes and finds her, and he takes her out to this pristine lake, and he's like, art and beauty and love are important. She's like, okay. Survival. And he's like, yeah, you know, you sound like my dad. And that's when we get the whole, like, where he reveals that his dad wants to talk about brown people. But and, which is kind of the thing we all suspected from Go, because it's, in every conceivable way, these folks tick off the list of right-wing, uh, ex- you know, prepper, anti-government, all the, ding- you know, just, it's like the checklist. You go down and says, that's who these people are. And, and that the confusing part is that they weren't acting consistently right. like that. Which actually, on one hand, was really cool because it actually made them seem like individuals and people as opposed to, hi there, we've tried out a cliche for you to interact with for episodes. Mm-hmm. Which is actually, hey, like something, everything else this season has been surprisingly good writing. But it's also been this weird tension. I told, yeah. Waiting. We've been literally waiting for the last four weeks for the racism to come out. I have, anyway. I don't know. Well, yeah, because it's, 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 you, when you look around, you see there's nobody there who's white. I mean, I'm sorry, everybody there is white. There's not a single black person or brown person. You're as close to the Mexican border and you have no Hispanics. You have, you know, it's, it's, it's the southern, it's the southern U.S. There are no black people and no Hispanics. It's like, it's like, well, okay, admittedly, on the regular The Walking Dead, Georgia is suspiciously short on black people. <laughs> yeah, there's usually only one in the group allowed at, at a one time. Ma- one male, one female. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And if a new one shows up, someone's going to die. So That's it's, right. it's kind of like that here. Uh, well, not exactly. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But... So, you know, I hope it doesn't take that long. They're <laughs> <laughs> so they're talking and, and she, you know, she's got that look on her face says, I hear you speaking the words, but who knows what it's going to mean. Right. Yeah. He's not making a good case for those two to have sex again. Well, right. every time she looks at him, she's kind of like, if all I, right, well, you know, if I was you him, were there. God, you had him, like, just have the best cheekbones. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I did do, you know, because that's what I do. Whenever a handsome man shows up on one you of my shows, Google I Google, his chest. Google image him, and he's appealing. He's appealing in sexual ways, which is nice to know. So, and we saw a little bit of the buffness tonight. Some of the some of the mad teat area. <laughs> Luckily, because she's still a minor, <laughs> we just got the sports bra thing going on here. Right. Um, Training bra. Tra- <laughs> so anyway. What's she training for, you suppose? <laughs> Sass. Sass? I, well, I buy that. But here's the, She's it, got like a, a B plus in Here's Sass, what right? I'm worried about, because I, for the last three seasons, or two seasons of the show, 19 seasons of the show, consistently, the characters that have kept me not just canceling this watch party <laughs> have been Alicia and Madison. Because they're both, they're both dynamic, played by dynamic actresses, and their arcs are never really that awful for the season. And I'm really worried that they're going to be like, let's get, let's get Alicia a love arc, a goofy love arc, who's, you know, where she falls in love with the racist. You know? I'm worried now because at the end of the episode, this leaves her standing on this cliff face, and then she leaps off and she lands in the water that he showed her, and she comes back up to the surface laughing. And it makes me wonder 
What are we doing? What are we doing, Alicia? Well, yeah, she's kind of having an existential existential crisis. Well, her last season, last season, uh, she and her mother dealt with she and Madison dealt with some issues because uh, Alicia basically called her out for you have always put me second. I have I had to get used to being okay on my own. Because you were always either busy with Travis and his basket case of a son or Nick and his addiction or our drunk father or somebody else besides me. So I basically had to raise myself. And her and Madison came to this, like, conclusion together at the end of the season. where they were, And it was really, really good. And I think maybe now they're struggling of what to do now that they've cleared up. You know, I just realized... That uh, her husband is gone. When did he die? Travis. Travis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Kim Davis's character's husband. Or her, yeah. her first Kim husband. Davis. Yeah. Or, or, well, Travis died in the first episode, or the second. He episode. got shot by the, the in, the, in the, helicopter. the helicopter. Oh. But her, and but, fell out. But Nick's uh, Nick and and Alicia's, Alicia's dad, dad. Yeah. died in a car crash. Before the show starts. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they talk about, and, and we actually last season found out that it was not a car crash and an accident. He committed suicide. He ran, he <clears throat> sped full speed into like a high, on highway pylon. Fair enough. Very not happy. Was people. it so he wouldn't have to be on the show? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. He, he figured out the easy way out. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about that right now. Look at it. Yeah. I know the easiest way out is like 10 feet. I could have a doorknob in my hand. <laughs> Run but screaming into the night. I, I, I don't know. Is, Dustin always locks the door. Because I, <laughs> I just. No one can leave. Man, I can't get. I can't think of a single part of this show that I feel excited to talk about. Well, not God. this episode. Madison. Madison and her adventures with Troy oh and the God. troops. So, I yeah. liked that part. So as you recall, as we just mentioned, Travis Travis died at the helicopter scene, uh, second episode, and he falls out of the helicopter, and the helicopter gets shot down, and the helicopter crashes, and they, they sent a tr- they sent some men out to find the helicopter crash, and they didn't come, and back. they never come back. And so now this is the second group that's gone out to find the helicopter crash, and Madison decides she's going to tag along because she is. Fully invested in manipulating Troy to her advantage. I know that is the real reason. She says it's to be useful, but it is because she's going to Game of Thrones this kid. No, oh, no. no. <laughs> she is looking at, she, you know, she, well, she's looking at Otto and she's looking at, at these boys and going, oh yeah, I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. And actually, clearly, uh, her entire family has moved into this little settlement, and they have glommed on to the leadership, and they've been like, all right, so the daughter's going to sleep with the smart son. I don't think that they decide. And my son is going to sit there and go, Daddy, and I am going to take the crazy Oedipus kid, (laughs) and I am not going to sleep with him, but boy, he's going to be like, Please, mommy, please. That's what is happening. Yes. I don't think they actually said. Maybe they did. (laughs) Maybe they did. I would love it if it flashed back. Because remember, do you remember? Oh, oh, Kim, hold me for a second. Oh, 
in like the second or third episode when when Madison sits Nick and Alicia down mm-hmm. and it's like we are gonna stay in this place if we have to take it away mm-hmm. and then it kind of cuts away from their conversation. Uh-huh. I would I would every opinion I've ever had about the show would change <laughs> if at some point it cuts back to that conversation and she is like Alicia, the older son has a real pedo vibe to him. You get him, Nick. <laughs> He's only like a decade older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go and do work that weird voodoo magic you have. <laughs> this old guy, and I'm gonna take care of the little one because he's wild, crazy, and homicidal. I'm sure I can handle it. I would, I would just, I would run out to the street and scream. <laughs> I, would, I just wouldn't be able to handle it if that was what had happened. That would be amazing. It's not what's gonna. No, happen. Oh, of course no not. way. But that is exactly what's happening. That is exactly. Oh, what I'll tell you doing. exactly oh, what's gonna God. happen in a minute. But, um, so... <laughs> you just go ahead and just lay out the rest of the season for me? Because, man, I, I could be home doing puzzle work. <laughs> no, no, you love it, Curtis. You love it. So, oh, Madison is off on this away team with Troy and a couple of other soldiers who are not soldiers. None of these people are trained. No, God. Um, but, but that one... But, uh, Beardy McBronison, uh, he's, he's like, I, I sure hope you can handle this because if you can't hump with us, we're going to leave you behind. And she's like, What? Hump with, hump with what? And then, and then like, I don't know. Like, I love... People say that. And he's like, who, who says that? Yeah, I know. And I love how she's like, I spent like the last year out in the wasteland. I think I'm going to be okay. And then, then they come across a bus. Full of walkers and the prison bus, the the convicts and I love it when they have have theme zombie time. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. It's like I want to see uh, like another bus with Catholic schoolgirls. They they haven't really done theme zombies in a while. (laughs) I want that too. Thank you. Sure, man. So anyway, they a, go a farm store where all the zombies have straw hats on mm-hmm. and overalls <laughs> and Omni pieces zombies. of rotten wheat sticking out of their mouth. So they go down to to take care of these walkers, right? And uh, Madison's given an axe, which gets stuck in one guy's neck. See, I, ca- I called that. I didn't say it, but I called it. I was like, that's that's a ridiculous weapon. She, it's going to get stuck, and she won't be able to get it back. Right. And, and that's what was happening when he not, falls over, and then another one comes out, and then the beardo, Beardy McBeard, Beardy McBeardson, Beardy, uh, no, Beardy McBrawny, Beardy McBrawny, because there's Beardy, and there's another Beardy, he's Beardy McPretty, um, <laughs> and he, so Beardy McBrawny shoots one walker with an arrow, and she takes out the other walker, and and then he's like, "You ruined my respect as a warrior woman." <laughs> <laughs> I take back what I said. And she just looks at him like, man. "Shut up." So, no one cares what you think. So they get... Just, just be quiet. I'm going to spend the next four scenes not cleaning the blood off of my face. <laughs> yes. And, and this is somebody from the beginning of this show. People walk around with blood on their face that is bright red after like four hours. Now, I have, you know, if, if you've ever managed to bleed... At I would all, have my own grandmother spit on a rag so that I could get corpse goo off of my body <laughs> no well these people, these people don't know how to use clothes anyway 
Um, so we'll get to that in a minute. So they they get to the ele- the the elevator. The helicopter crashed and it's been taken away. Right. They dragged it off. And so then they follow the tracks. It's a beautiful it's shot, by the way. You actually you're, you're in the mountains. You see this. It's again that that you mentioned a couple episodes ago. That sense of scale the show gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is usually we're talking about city scenes, but this particular nature shot is just beautiful shot. So they follow to this farm and they find all of their men burned. Yep. Except for one. They were, uh, it was it was a callback to the Lord of the Rings. Okay. The okay, Empire of the, the Sun. Uh, what's the set of the second movie is when they got that big old burning pile of orcs. Okay. Sure. It was totally an odd. So you watch. It'll be like. That is true. It'll be like. Uh, My only problem with this scene, which was very very, you know, you go to this place and everybody, there's nobody there. You see blood all over the walls. You know, little bursts of sprays of blood. But we live in Kansas City, which is a barbecue town. Mm-hmm. And I live, uh, stay with me here. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I live, I live, about, a, I live about a mile from this house. So mm-hmm. we're, we record this at Dustin's place, and I live about a mile from here. And then less than a mile from me is a barbecue place. I can smell them cooking barbecue from my apartment. Mm-hmm. There is no way in hell these guys walked up to this place and it took them as long as it did for them to go, what's oh. that smell? Oops. <laughs> There's a pile of human bodies that have been set on fire. Um, they would have noticed that immediately. But no, it's dramatic. You know, the writers of the show don't understand how things work. Meanwhile, <laughs> sitting on top of a lovely rock in a chair is a dude. And he has... Ha! That was what I loved. Oh, that was This good. is the moment. Tell us. Tell us about us, Curtis. Uh, Tell us about so, it. So they've, 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 they've found the pile of burning bodies, which was gruesome, properly so. And we were all like, oh, God. But it got worse because for some reason, well, I know why, sitting in a chair on, on the top of a rock about 100 yards away from them is a man, and he's having a conversation with someone. <laughs> we don't know who. Until the camera pans around the back of him and we see a crow pecking his brains because he's got this big old part of his skull gone, and then and then and he's just sitting there. What was he saying? Um, it's uh, when I was going up the stair, I saw a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish he would just go away. And it's um, it, there's more verses to it, and he starts to say a piece of the other one. But yeah, it's, he's, it's like, he's like caught in a loop. It's like an yeah, audio yeah. loop. And it's, it's kind of it's great. Because um, there was a scene like that, because this show always reminds me of Deadwood because there are so many characters from Deadwood in this, not characters, but actors okay. from Deadwood in this show. And there's, in the very first episode, it's, it's the same kind of scene where this dude gets shot in the head and he's just... And so that's like the creepiest thing to me, and it made me so happy to see this dude up there with a bird on his oh, shoulder just so looking good. at him. So gross. And, and then, then, they, then they, they all gather around. Because they know him. This is somebody that they know. Yeah, this is a friend of theirs. And so Kim Davies just walks up and just ever so slowly and gently, gently plunges a giant Bowie knife right into the soft bits of his head oh, and he, so and he just stops talking he just stops mid sentence there's no like Ugh! it's just a, and I saw a man and it was like a sigh 
And then she tries to hand the knife back to Troy, and he doesn't want to. Oh, it was very good. It's very good. She, I think, I think that was a deliberate thing on her. Um, she felt like she had to be the one to do that because mm-hmm. she knew it would mess with Troy a little bit. Right. Well, oh, oh no, she's messing. Should this, this whole, the whole reason that she went with him in the first place was I'm going to start my oh so subtle manipulations of Troy. She's going to drive him right over the edge so that. Otto has to put him down. Well, well that, no, yeah, that revenge for Travis, but mostly for right. I don't. Yeah, I think that I don't think that she's. I think she's. Uh, she's gonna like. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's just so good. Anyway, so um, they turn around to leave, and there's all these Indians standing there, Native Americans, and one guy's like, "Hey." Um, you guys should leave that ranch because we're taking over. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, no, really. Uh, we've come for our land. We're taking it back. You're going to have to go. It's, it's hilarious because it's like, there's like, I mean, I doubt it would matter to them very much anyway, but there's no legal authority left to decide whose land is whose. Mm-hmm. Well, you can pretty much, it's all up for grabs and it and doesn't matter if you were there first. You got a bigger gun, you can have it now. Well, in this particular right. case, the so Indians the, do. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Troy's all like, what are you going to do about it? He And, and the whole time, Madison's said in that kind of like, Troy? <laughs> Troy? And, and he Stop goes, talking. Yeah. And, and the, the guy's like, she noticed what you have failed to see since you walked into this place. You are completely surrounded. And then it pans, and like every single rock has a dude with a gun behind it. Every single rock, and she said, and, and the guy says to Madison, "Goes you picked the wrong side," and she said, "I, you know, no, you forced me to pick this side when you shot down the helicopter and killed killed some of my people." And he just gives her a look like, "I'm sure we'll be meeting again." Yes. <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I've looked ahead at the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure you and I are gonna have words, <laughs> two or three more episodes. But hey, we'll we'll talk then." And he goes, oh, by the way, I, I have another kid to send to him. I know. <laughs> no, we'll get there. Yeah. His daddy has a theory. So the the, the this 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 guy looks at him. He goes, okay, I'm gonna need all your guns. And they're like, fine. He's like, and I'm gonna need all your boots. And they're like, fine. I, I was like, ooh, prison rules. And then he, he took his shoes, man. And Madison looks at him and goes, we're gonna need some water. You just want to send a message. We got to get back alive. And he's like. Good point. <laughs> so the rest of the is is the troops walking back, and this is where Dustin's firm belief that these people are complete posers in every conceivable I know, I way. Th- no, I figured it out in the first ep- when they were doing the oh experiments. God, yeah. and the so they have no <laughs> shoes. They are walking down the road. They are wearing fatigues. They are wearing many layers of clothing. Not a single solitary person in this group wraps their feet up in any way. They're walking in socks. I'll bet if they read the instruction manual on their fancy little utility vests, it would probably show them where the uh, thong sandals are hidden in it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, they're walking and walking and walking, and nighttime comes, and Troy wants to keep going, and Madison like pulls it aside, and he's like, your men are tired, they need to rest. 
and he's like, you're not my mom, and then she stopped, oh, and she's <laughs> like, your mom never loved you, did she? Uh, you Even when you were taking care of her, you, and he's like, stop it, stop it, and then when she just like gets him all to about the size of a nickel, then she turns around and says, who wants to stop for the night? And all the men raise their hands. <laughs> and he's and, like, fine, we're leaving at first light. She's she's so far up in his head right now. She's oh, already sh- she's already shopping at IKEA. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, but it's so good. Living there. Um, now, the only the only thing that makes it work here is where Matt, you know where Madison is not a complete and utter monster because she is what she's doing to him is absolutely terrible. If he wasn't a psychotic who thought whose basic idea of of fun is. How long can I see if this this thing bleeds before it bleeds out? I mean, you know, this is and this and when they were doing the Walker fight tonight, or uh, he after they were done, he's like, "Who timed it? That was less than a minute. Who timed it?" And they're all like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's so awful. But oh god! So in the middle of the night, they're lying there. There's all the sleeping. It's weird that he's a psychopath who is also concerned about efficiency. Mm-hmm. It's like he would he would work great at General Motors. Right. <laughs> yes. So Madison's having the having the sleep inside the conveniently located uh, uh, concrete culvert, which is uh, okay, sure. Obviously. And suddenly, out of the darkness, or the not so dark, suddenly, you know, he's on top of her with a knife, and he's like, "I have issues," and mm-hmm. she's like, "I don't care." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, no, that's the best. No, you can't laugh. Because she just looks at him and she says, Troy, you're better than this. And she doesn't falter and her voice does not waver and she looks him dead in the eyes and he takes the knife away and runs off into the night. And then then the cute beardy, the, the young one with the, with the bangs, I think it might be bangs. I might have a thing. For the Beardy McBangs. Beardy McBangs. Uh, <laughs> she looks over. So many meanings. <laughs> she looks over What's and he's. What's going on, Iron Maiden? Like. <laughs> <laughs> he's like looking and they make eye contact and he just rolls over. <laughs> and, the <other> side. <laughs> oh. and then they start walking again in the morning. This show. Well, the good news is, is that we were very afraid last week. That after as good as it had been for the first few episodes, this episode, this was going to be where it all went off the rails, and it didn't. Totally, it totally. There, yeah. there was there was a, a there was the thing where like the car like bounced. Yeah, and, strand, strand was a yeah, bounce. and 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 like four, three of the four wheels landed back and one <laughs> skidded. Because I mean, Daniel is great in those scenes with Strand. Mm. Strand himself is. His character—he's—he's he's out of character and he's acting stupid. We lost Curtis for a good portion, I think. I think Curtis was gone. Curtis fell off and was watching a better show in his mind. He was rewatching Big in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> the TV series? No, the movie with Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Nope, I wasn't. Yeah. I can't remember what I was thinking about. <laughs> Cats. I was <laughs> swimming pose. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, like, so the good news is the good news is, is that we did not go completely off the rails this episode, but it could have been better, and it wasn't as good as the last few. Right. No, um, but this was also I, it's, it's a transition episode. 
They always do that where they have to like, they just have to like, okay, we did stuff and now what? Okay, let's set up some more stuff to do like in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so okay, we're, right. So we've established, we've established a, a sexual relationship bonding thing between Alicia and one son. We've got Madison manipulating the other son. We've got Nick bonding with Otto. I can't believe. I can't believe. Things. They're all kind of sexual bonding things. I can't believe Alicia let him put his filth inside her. Well, he's got those cheekbones. Well, I mean, he cried about it, I'm sure. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, so. And then, or we, and of course, we had to get Lucia out of the way. Here's what I think's going to happen. Here's what Daddy thinks. <laughs> So that sounded well. dirtier. I know. Oh my God. I feel. I said some oh, awful things. To go. That's the conversation Lucy also and Nick are going to have. Let me tell you what Daddy's going to tell you. Lucy <laughs> is going to hook up with those, with those Native Americans. Because she can't go very far. They're right there. So she's going to hook up with the Native Americans. And they're going to fill in the whole story about about what's really going on in the ranch because I have a feeling that when that guy was like you need to give us back our land I'm not 100% sure he was talking about ancestral lands he might have been talking about pretty like recent, recently like yeah. oh I'm sure I'm going to guess this guy right, probably um, cattle bearing through the ages right it's really hard to tell how old that actor is. I yeah, mean, he, they don't give you any yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I don't know who that was. That yeah, they don't. They don't give you any. They don't give you any sense of how old the character is, and he's got one of those faces that could be anywhere from his late twenties to his early sixties. I have a distinct feeling that when she hooks up with these people, Ophelia is going to be there. I have this feeling because we're <laughs> at the end of, of season two. She was captured. Yeah, that's true. And we thought it was these guys. Yeah. We but did. there was no indication that she was either one of the people that Troy killed or that she had been taken somewhere else. I think that she got picked up by the Native American guy. It's entirely possible because we've established, like with every other Walking Dead show, all of these characters must come, come back, back together, together because they all operate in the same two or three miles at mm -hmm. any given time, no matter what's where they are in the world. Right. If, if, again... They keep saying that the two shows are not going to cross, but I keep expecting them to come around the corner and go, holy crap, we're in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're in Virginia now, so. Well, give them time. They'll catch yeah. up. Uh, the way these guys move around. Every time they burn it, they burn a settlement to the ground, they move on because they got to keep flexing their way across the country. True. So, so anyway, yeah, I think that's where we're going to end up is that, that ha and then Nancy and, or Nancy, uh, Lucy and Ophelia never met, so they're not going to know each other. But they're going to—they're going to be on one side, and and Alicia and her kids are going to be on the other side. And I'm sure Daniel's going to pop up. He's going to like stroll up to one of those compounds at some point, and you know, strand will like find a boat and set off on the seven seas <laughs> or something. I, I honestly, at this point, I really hope that he just ran off into the hotel and we never see him again, or he shows up sometime next season when they figured out what better a better thing to do with that guy. Make yeah. him a zombie. No, write him the way they used to write him. He was a he was he was a, a determinator character. Complicated man. Nobody understands him but his other other man. Man friend. He needs to find a new man. Sure. Which is not how you're supposed to write a character, by the way. You know. <laughs> Anyway, we'll be back next week with more of Zompocalypse Now, and hopefully an episode that we are more excited about. Cause well, hopefully Curtis will come back, even though this one didn't turn his crank. Look, uh, next week I will not be back 
because I have a prior commitment. Oh. Would you like to know what it is? Yes. Sure. I will be uh, performing in a staged reading of Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. Oh, oh, yeah. Maybe we won't be here next oh, week. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to go. We have, might have to go to that. Anyway. I have um, no idea what character I'm doing, but it's going to be fun. If you have any, if you're curious about uh, where that's going to be, just call me. You know me, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 15 people text, listening. Text, yeah. text me with the with the price details because I think I'm... It's 10 bucks. Oh, okay, hey, $10. Uh, you can find this show and our other podcasts on iTunes and podcast.com. Of course, Hi-Bad Me Radio does a lot of different podcasts. We would love it if you guys would give us, you know, rate us and make comments. That would be fantastic. That information helps us get more listeners because that's how iTunes works. Um, please join us again next week where we will completely go off the rails like we always do. And thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week on Zompocalypse Now. Last word. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>